Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Slime of Wrestling, myself, Supreet, and this is your AEW Dynamite review for September 17th, 2021. I'm joined by Ridwan, and what's up, man? How you been? I've been great, Supreet. How have you been? Uh, not good, man. Not good. Yeah, you messed up the date, actually. It's uh, September 15th, sure. It's September 15th? Yep, the show is September 15th. We are recording on a 17th. See, I'm not doing good. Everything okay? Yeah, it has to do majorly with the Suzuki incident. I'm still recovering from that. Other than that, I'm good. Good to know. But yeah, we all all are suffering from like the stigma that was the Suzuki incident. But slowly and steadily, we'll get, we'll find justice to it. So... I think Tony Khan learned a lesson from last week and he did us a, you know, made up for all the mistake from last week and gave us something this week. Yes, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Let's not, I mean, let's just hold our horses for now. But, But man, this, have you seen this card for next week's Grand Slam? Yes, it's it's very much a pay-per-view. Like even Excalibur said it while he was running down the card that it's a it's pretty much like a pay-per-view because they're hosting it in a huge stadium and with the card that they're putting out, which again we'll talk about it. But man, next week is gonna be an insane, insane week for AW. Like even Rampage is two hours and uh, Dynamite, like we know that Dynamite is doing this grand slam. So it's 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 gonna be a fun week of wrestling. I wonder if they could have done Rampage in a live edition next week. I doubt they will do that because I mean you've got this huge ass crowd, probably around 20, 25,000 people, and they would like they would prefer taping it all in one go. And I don't think they had announced it beforehand that they are doing a rampage. Uh, like they're doing a live rampage in the same stadium. So chances like there are high chances that it's going to be taped after Dynamite. Why? Because that, uh, having a live audition rampage would be not the same because you won't expect the same crowd. Yes. And uh, like now that they have started taping dark in uh, Universal Studios, so that leaves a lot of... Um, like a lot of time for them to do like, to do rampage instead. And uh, is Elevation still being taped after uh, Dynamite? or? I was just about to ask you, what's the status <laughs> on Elevation? I think they could I, fill in an hour of Elevation, I guess. Probably, but I think Elevation is also two hours, I guess. I think now they are back to being one-hour shows, both Dark and Elevation. Because I remember like watching the episode where Luther was facing Lee Johnson, the one with James Darnell from. So like in that episode, I I remember that episode being two hours long. But yeah, could be could be one, could be two. I don't really watch. I don't really watch dark shows, but like unless there's something good happening. But let's see. But should be good man next week if you are giving a pay-per-view level of television. Should be good. Free TV. Free TV, no less. See? But uh, any update on the ratings for this Dynamite show? 
Yes. Uh, today morning itself, uh, it was around I think one point one seven. Uh, just just hold on. So I'll I'll just confirm those. So, and uh, apparently, like even this week, uh, AW beat up beat uh, Raw in the demographics. But the problem was they beat by just a margin, I guess. Yes, probably. What's the overall ratings if you can find it? Yes, it's one point one seven five million. So they are still hovering overall. around the million mark. Yes, and given next week's show, they'll probably do a bit more than that. Around, I don't know, one point three something. Like I think we had one point three last week. What was it? when they uh, like officially beat run run the demos which led to raw acting on impulse and giving us the moment that they did but yeah it's good to know at least now it is a normal thing that they are crossing the million mark yes i mean with the stars and the talent that they have especially like the two notable ones in punk and brand those are like household names so that's pulling in more viewers and it's working so good to see that happen but uh, what did you think about the quality of this week's show i thought it was decent and it was enough for me and they build you know some excitement for their big show next week so i'm i was good with this one what did you uh, think about me me too i felt i felt the show was i mean it was great but uh... of course it could have been a lot better but again they're saving all that energy for next week which i'm fine with like sometimes you got to like you know balance those ebbs and flows in the quality of the show and i think this was it it was like a go home show for next week's next week show eventually so it worked for me but let's talk about the card we had adam cole versus frankie kazarian uh, jade cargill versus leila harsh uh we had Sean Spears versus Darby Allen and in the main event we had 2.0 facing John Moxley and Eddie Kingston and so much more but before that if you're new to Slam Up Wrestling then make sure to like share subscribe do all that fun stuff check out our other content everything you need will be in the description below but so they kicked off with CM Punk with one so he is uh, the guest commentator for this week's dynamite for a while i guess so he came out huge reaction of course and he did a stage dive so this is being a normal thing for punk and this was a big one brother this was a big one and gladly someone caught him and you have to catch him because cm punk should be protected at all, all costs all costs i love him 100% Brilliant he's loving stuff. life that's what he is loving life in aw like every single week or let's say every like once in two weeks he just jumps into crowds and uh, like you know just goes around meeting fans and he even like took a picture with a dusty cosplayer so he, he's he's enjoying it thoroughly in AEW and i was like watching his uh, interview with rene paquet uh, yesterday on why did he choose to join AEW and he's like the answer is very simple would you look at look at both the companies and tell me and like you you it, like he is justifying that answer of his like he's all over the show enjoying like you know meeting fans it's like it's like what he could have been enjoying like instead of like you know 
remorse remorselessly beating down fans verbally like what he used to do in WWE but then this is just like a like a, a rehab version of that like he's enjoying life now which is awesome and it's way, good to see him happy it is uh, so this show is happening from new jersey i think i saw grim's toy show in the crowd okay. do uh-huh. you know who th- that guy uh, is I've heard of him. Like I, I don't remember how he looks like, but uh, yeah. Don't you remember the backyard wrestler slash vlogger? I mean, I haven't seen much of his content, but like I might have seen probably, you know, he might have done a show for the internet darlings during the WrestleMania weekend. Like as on, uh, they usually host this convention, right? The WrestleCon or something. Mm-hmm. And he's a pretty hefty YouTube... guy. You will remember if you watch him. Yeah, like, yeah, um, he might have been there. Like, um, like all most of these wrestling YouTubers, they do a show called. They used to do a show called uh, Internet Darlings. It was led by Brian Zane from Wrestling with Regret and Matthew of Botchamania. So they used to host these uh, panels. I think I might have seen him over there, probably. Uh, but I was, don't like, I don't exactly I think he, he, he technically got involved in the Malakai Black Cody Road segment. Mm, probably like I'll I'll have to check how he looks like so that it uh, refreshes my memory. But anyways, so Punk is on commentary. I think it is uh, confirmed. AW has a fetish with a four-man booth commentary team. Yes, sometimes it gets overbearing. Sometimes it works. In this case, it worked on rampage, like with Jericho yelling constantly. It's it doesn't. It does my head in. And uh, I don't really rate Mark Mark Henry as a commentator, but uh, like it's still early days for him, so I'll just let that pass. But uh, uh, we quickly transition to Adam Cole, baby versus Frankie Kazarian. Of course, this is Adam Cole's uh, in-ring debut here in AEW. Adam Cole has new ring gear. Yes. He looked a bit... Um, like, I'm not trying to fat shame him, but, like, he was in... He was a lot leaner in WWE. Now, I think he's put on a tiny bit of weight. But, yes, a new was ring it, gear, too. Was it yeah, he that- looks, like, a little bit. Was it that or was the jacket he was wearing a little much larger than usual? No, I think like while while he was wrestling also, he did look a little bit like he did put a tiny bit of it, but it's fine. It's just like normal what to expect and what not to. But I have to say Adam Cole has a simple entrance, but it is very effective. Yes, and I mean the crowd loves him, and throughout the match you could see like you know what we usually describe as bizarro world. It was happening like Adam Cole was just cheered throughout, like twelve thousand people just screaming his name with the baby, and Frankie Kazarian was booed. So um, yeah, yeah, it's Frankie Kazarian. By the way, Justin Roberts gave him a new introduction. You know it, Frankie Kazarian, something like that. No, yeah, I heard something else like a Dex, a Dex thing, something Frankie Kazarian, and his uh, his name tag also showed like Elite Hunter Frankie Kazarian, but he like there was something else that Justin Roberts said. 
बट एनीवेज over enough already and uh, just to like you know get his name on the winning column and like you mentioned Frankie was like a good opponent for that and it worked in that sense like but the crowd was going uh, radio rental for Adam Cole whatever he was doing he was getting cheered and uh, Frankie was getting booed and also shout out to Frankie for the red tights like uh, in as a as Excalibur mentioned it was an homage to his tag partner former tag partner Christopher Daniels Where where's uh, CD been lately? Like he's nowhere to be seen after the SCU breakup. He's uh, behind. I think he's doing backstage role, which he was doing from day one. Yes, but even then, like you know, usually see these pictures of backstage. He's still nowhere to be seen, and I think his only appearance since then was uh, a red carpet of stars, the TV show that CM Punk is doing. Yes, uh, sorry, heels, heels, heels is the show. It's on Stars Play, the platform, and uh, he did an interview with Chris Van Vliet, and uh, he was still having bloodshot eyes from the match with uh, the Bucks. So yeah, think, that's the I last. I think I saw thing. a poster where he's wrestling on an indie show as well. Is he? Yes, sir. I mean, good, good on him. A certain big indie guy, but there you go, man. That's the update on Christopher Daniels, but. This match here between Kazarian and Adam Cole really good. So uh, let's talk some highlights here because uh, they opened up really slow with a slow pace, where Adam Cole was about to you know start of the match with a big kick, Kazarian misses, and then Kazarian you know uh, was trying to ground Adam Cole for a while, but it backfired. So like I said, really slow pace from the get go, and when we get to the final parts, then the action really picked up because. both men were you know exchanging big moves by the way i have to give a big shout out to gizarian for that leg drop i have been loving that move for years now yes that leg drop looks sweet so he hit that big springboard leg drop uh, let's get to the finish here so adam cole he was uh, get uh, looking for the panama sunrise which gizarian was able to counter for the first time around so he went for that move again where they were doing something on the apron uh, cole got the panama sunrise hit the last shot and there you go man adam cole wins his debut match here in aaw and nothing much but uh, we did have a uh, post match bit with adam cole he got on the mic and he said who's ready for story time with adam cole story time with adam cole i think that's yes. a thing now with him when it comes to yes, promos if they don't if they don't sell a t-shirt with uh, with that catchphrase then i mean shame on aw because that's going to sell like hotcakes so um he once again puts over the elite as the you know uh, dominant faction and he says he has problems with certain you know aw uh, roster members mainly uh, christian gage luchasaurus and jungle boy so He was talking shit to all three guys, and he should challenge a trios match for 
is it rampage it has to be rampage right rampage yeah it is rampage so this this will be uh, aram cole and the young bucks the super click they will be facing super jurassic express yeah. and christian cage in a trios match so here you go man uh, should be good and uh, yeah hands down we will be seeing a big jungle boy aram cole match in the future yes probably or hopefully for full gear but uh, the super click is back baby so, i mean excited excited to see this match happen and also excited to see super click return i mean they were pretty dominant during adam cole's reign as roa champion so it's something to look forward to and of course like you know they are mainly they are building towards adam cole and jungle boy if you notice uh, jungle boy's promo to accept accept the challenges we'll get to and uh, yeah i mean there was like ticks all boxes of what they were trying to do with adam cole and how is he you know over with the fans and capitalizing on building something for next week thumbs up and uh, you just mentioned the promo so we would also hear from jurassic express and christian cage uh, christian is basically you know taking shots at adam cole saying that he had to leave developmental to join his friends something like that and he was mentioning yes. the wednesday night wars and now he won't fail in the friday nights as well something like that who wrote this promo yes. wins i mean it's christian so <laughs> they have they have all the creative freedom on the mic so it's pretty much them so like this promo starts off with jungle boy he's like adam cole you're insecure i have like a better friends than you i have better hair than you and then he is something something and then christian is like no he does have better friends because his friends are evps and they got his sorry ass out of developmental and then he's like we accept the challenge and uh, you might be used to losing the wednesday night wars now get ready to lose the friday night wars as well so it's official for rampage now that it's going to be a trios match excited listen man so vince say. wrote this promo how do you say so this is vincism you know when it comes to promos like this yes but it's and i mean we we have to we have to talk about some vincism over here like you know given what nxt is like after adam cole's left like they've 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 taken an entirely new direction but uh, yeah i mean it's 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 an it's it is an exciting time to be a wrestling fan nonetheless like regardless of what aw does and how nxt was recently let's see man we will talk about nxt but uh, we had a promo from the lucha bros and the butcher and blade which are to my knowledge who are the number one ranked team in aw so how? there you go uh, you were saying like they might yeah like how they might have they might have start padded a lot of wins on dark and elevation which got them the title shot otherwise like <clears throat> butcher just returned like a couple weeks ago Yeah. How does this make sense? I don't know. Yeah, that's a fair point. They haven't been attacked him for months now. Hmm, should yes, I think someone should what... research on that? But yeah, we had a package regarding this, and they are building towards this tag match, tag team title match. I think 
which we will see on this week's rampage right this week's rampage yes tonight so yeah man there you go should be good i guess butcher and blade are very underrated tag team if you ask me they are they they really are and uh, lucha bros first title defense i you can let you can let it pass by and uh, these guys these guys are like a good uh, tag team to start off with because eventually the first title defense is often the ones where the champions always retain and you want to make them look strong so this is this is probably as good as it can get in that regard so we were just talking about how did uh, butcher and blade quickly get number 1 in the rankings we have a similar situation with gun club so they had a promo where they were you know kind of you know stating the facts where they said they are undefeated as trios and in tag team whichever you know uh, version you want to you know see but uh, yeah they have uh, this big uh, win loss record mostly wins and they are kind of also explained why they all attack. wins yeah they kind all of wins, ex- not just mostly wins <laughs> they kind of you know uh, explain why they attacked Paul White saying that they wanted to make a statement and there you go man they finally brought this on tv and they stated nothing but facts yes i mean it makes up for a good delusional heel gimmick for colton gun especially but it's a fair point like how <laughs> how did butcher and blade get attacking title shot right away and the gun club who's been like undefeated throughout this year and the the last year still haven't gotten a fair shake of a title match so probably probably they should just uh, like you know just go to tony's office they should just film a segment go to tony's office and have uh, billy like you know carry tony by the collar and while the guy, he blackmails them into getting a title shot so Man, they should they should he can't do that yeah but they should do something out of it and like it's 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 only fair that these guys get a title shot for being undefeated for far too long i think they should have they should wait 9 days from now <laughs> okay okay but uh, st- days. sticking to the tag team topic we had ftr versus dante martin and matt sidel pretty weird tag team here with uh, dante martin teaming with matt sidel Yeah, my best guess is Mike Sidel might have been injured, and uh, of course, like they are kind of hinting towards a mentor-student uh, relationship between Sidel and Dante. After you remember the match that they had on Dynamite once, since then, like yes. they've all since then, like they've been they've been like an odd couple a little, and I if I if I remember correctly, they've also been teaming up on uh, Dark and Elevation for like. semi regularly if you will i i But, was thinking yeah. i was thinking uh that not the mike side injury thing i didn't go that way but i was thinking i was guessing yeah they did they did this pairing because ftr versus sidel brothers has happened in the past and i think in tony khan's mind he didn't want to give this match again for some reason probably and uh, like dante's twin is also injured i believe Yes, his uh, tag team partner is injured, so that's why he's going singles as of now. Yeah, it's an ACL injury, if I remember correctly. But yeah, I don't know exactly. But uh, this was a very fun tag match. 
they are still continuing to you could say hype up dante martin and and is really turning out to be a breakout star is he yes like he's been given a lot more opportunities to get over he even got a promo to like you know show what dante martin is all about and uh, then like they are building towards that of course like there is a story in itself where he'll just like you know it will probably pay off two years down the line so it's good to see that happen and uh, like ftr really worked us on their retirement didn't they they sure did brother <laughs> working the marks brother but uh, this was a really fun tag match like and i have to say matt sadel is massively underrated Oh, hands down! Like even from his time in WWE as Evan Bourne, he was just a flippy dude who, who was like you know happy to be there. But then, like you know, once he left WWE, after that, like we could really see more of what he was capable of later on, like in PWG New Japan, and after that in Impact, he was doing that third eye gimmick, and now in AW. I think in AW he should probably like be doing more, but. if he is content with what he is doing right now fair play so uh, as we get to the you know uh, final parts of this match dante martin was really giving ftr a hard time because of this you know aerial maneuvers and stuff but this caught up to dante martin because we were seeing a lot of transitions uh, in the final parts and ftr caught dante martin in the big rake which was great and there you go ftr got a big win yes you have to build up ftr again if you want them to be in contention for the uh, tag titles but uh, nothing yes, much I'm, i'm still used to i'm still used to calling it the shatter machine for some reason we have to call it the big rig brother will be being uh, yes. they will be doing a big show at rochester in a couple of weeks yes yeah for that oh uh, yeah when is when is that for I, I think, think that will be around. following the Arthur Ashe show. Probably, yeah, end of end of September. Maybe we could But, see a big uh, debut over there. Probably, like they've they have been teasing and it's been like heavily speculated. I have my own thoughts on it, which I won't go again, which I won't go through again. But uh, yeah, regarding this match and like this match was fun throughout. It was good to see, like you know, two. uh high flyers versus two like you know tough and hard one for one tough and hard people uh, like the main strategy was like grounding these high flyers who are uh, like you know who use aerial maneuvers to their advantage but uh, sidal is like an all rounder because he can fly at the same time he can go like technical uh, like down to the ground you could say but uh, i mean you less is to be said about how great ftr are and also i just want to point out like earlier when they were running through the card and uh, when they mentioned like this match is going to happen for ftr cm punk was like marking out to call marking out for an ftr match which was like great to see and you know it puts ftr on a pedestal if they weren't like a great enough tag team already and uh, like this match was to another way to put a spotlight on Dante Martin like he was using these evasive maneuvers to like you know counter FTR's uh, ground style and uh, he was just caught by surprise with the big rig and uh, FTR pick up the win and uh, 
it's to build up ftr for something that we'll again talk about later and it's 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 always great to see ftr win and i hope i hope they get the get the tag title shots like probably around currently they are year or... currently the two teams we were you know uh, speculating who could be getting t- title shots in the coming days both those teams are ranked 4 and 5 that is pnp and ftr that's still pretty low and uh, if you remember like even during the match they were ranked around the same uh, standings it's still it's still pretty weird that they couldn't rank higher up the card and you have butcher and blade getting a title shot and i'm not it's not a knock on butcher and blade but uh, got to put like uh, two and two together to see where they what what's going on really but speaking about butcher and blade uh, their boss matt hardy had something to say about orange cassidy uh, nothing much i we we are mainly getting that hair versus hair match i don't know when they do it maybe on a random dynamite that would be fine on a pay-per-view i don't know the next pay-per-view is not until november so they can probably finish it off within these next few weeks at any other special dynamite episode that they do and just get get away with it and matt hardy called uh, oc like a orange egghead uh didn't, which didn't get a pop from me yeah it, it probably like if he if he was cutting a live promo even they would have gone they would have cringed hard like we did but, but uh, yeah i don't think i don't think matt hardy is getting his head shaved neither is orange cassidy and if matt hardy is losing this then uh, what do you say one of his table mates will which most likely looks to be butcher because he's having he's going through a hair loss makes sense it makes sense but uh, shall we talk about malakai black yes this was you could say impromptu segment it came out of nowhere made his entrance uh, his great entrance and then he got the mic and he addressed there is someone in the crowd and it is the judge of the go home big show which uh, and her name is rosario dawson she was in the crowd wearing a nightmare factory nightmare family i don't know a uh, jacket and malakai decided to go face to face with her then we see in the crowd it was cody rhodes he was coming out of the crowd and uh, malakai black you know got distracted so uh, wh- what's her name again rosario dawson rosario dawson <laughs> oh Sorry. man she decided to you know attack malakai black by the way cm punk is marking out for you know miss dawson here which i love yes so malakai black is being attacked cody rhodes you know finally shows up and we see a big brawl they fight on the crowd and this is the segment i was talking about where you would see grim's toy show getting involved hmm. was it the part where uh, like there was a fan that was attacking malakai yes. black when cody that was is the guy. that is grim okay okay yeah now i remember now i do but i mean rosario dawson's involvement was like so so very random and uh, like she has been prominent in like few shows here and there on tv but she was just there and like we have a problem malaga is like we have a problem and then the crowd fans to rosario 
and Malaka is like going face to face with her, and then Cody shows up. Okay. Um, What the fuck's going on? Let. Okay. From when the entrance, and uh, the entrance was great. You had created an ambience. Good. Then you go to this stuff. Then uh, and I'm like, oh, please don't get Malaka Black in certain situation. Yes, and uh, all signs do point towards Malakai losing next week, which is like, which is going to be cataclysmic oh. on the internet. Like everyone's oh. going to, everyone's going to burn down AEW if it happens. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that, but I sincerely hope Malakai wins to, you know, build his momentum, keep his momentum going. I should say, the he has to go over next week. If he takes L he now, it's going to hurt him. He's fucked. <laughs> like no, he's not fucked, but uh, like the fifty-fifty booking does favors for no one. And given how strong he's been, like you know, he's been like very dominant and imposing on guys like Lee Johnson and uh, Brock Anderson. Even Dustin like took him to the limit, but still Malakai was on top. He was dominating most of the match, but and he even dominated Cody for fuck's sake like in the first match so just keep that momentum going have him win and like you know move on to bigger and better things but this segment or if Cody even segment it really didn't come off well i guess could have done yeah, it yeah, in a different way if you wanted Cody to get uh, get involved yeah but <laughs> if you wanted to do it in a different way Cody would have had those pomp and circumstance like uh, Prelude and then adrenaline in my soul. The the pyros. The that would be his grand return if he wanted to do it differently. In that case, I'd say this this was okay, but it, this one this one didn't do any favors for me, and I'm not really looking forward to their match next week. If like you know, if my for my fears alone, the Malagai losing. Speaking about looking forward to, we had a package for uh the bunny versus. uh Anna J which we will yes. be seeing this week on rampage and then we cut to you know probably the main event it's probably the main event for this week or it's going to be something else wait Anna J versus uh, bunny is the main event for rampage probably i mean could yeah, happen could go happen. on a vacation this week i guess but, but uh, uh, Yeah, there saying? was more story about this yeah i was just uh, leading into unless you want to you want to add something on you want, want to continue that segment where we also have yes. tai i'm oh, sorry anaji why i'm saying tai mm-hmm. yeah but there was tai as well so uh <laughs> there was one moment in this segment like before anaji starts talking is john silver who's doing these uh, pumps and tai is just looking at him and then he's like ah fuck this guy and then uh, anna j was like cutting a promo like she's so excited to have a singles match on uh, like a show like rampage and then evil uno like there's they are continuing the dark order story of evil uno still calling himself a leader and then alex renell shows up he's like uh, i'm here to support anna j and not no excuse me not uh, given to your bullshit and then uh, five comes in and says like uno has been a tyrant and then everyone's like everyone's fighting among them themselves and then anna j is like if you guys still fight i don't want any of you guys around and then john is like what about me and then uh, she's like no and then uh, tej leave together so there you go. that was the segment and if the rumors are true that 
uh, a certain someone is debuting as speculated as the leader of dark order man it's, it's going to suck but what i hope and what i want to happen is hangman to return and like you know make things right with them so that things get better because like we mentioned earlier like we mentioned in the previous episodes like hangman was kind of the uniting factor and the dark order was like giving all the support to him you know in his quest to become champion and once he's gone like everything's fallen apart so i hope i hope it's hangman and not the speculated person but still it's a very intriguing yeah and where do they like it remains to be seen where do they take it from here it's hoping it's hangman and not the other person lot of possibilities over there but we'll have to wait and see uh we had a package for lance archer and minoru suzuki they're talking about their history and lance archer said uh, that he's still in suzuki gun suzuki said uh suzuki gun ichiban, ichiban. and uh, yeah that's basically it cm punk Before, you know also gave his thoughts yeah. on the suzuki incident with a straight face and i'm like i love this guy man this is great yeah he, he was the one, i think he was the first person who mentioned the suzuki incident on twitter like among the wrestlers and then like aw put out a tweet for hyping the uh, main event between mox and mox and kingston versus 2.0 and then after the suzuki incident mox and kingston go one on one go like compete in a tag team with 2.0 or something like that they said so like that's when the suzuki incident officially became canon like wow and shout out to cm punk like he was that was like hilarious and you could see excalibur trying not to laugh at that like he was he was just smiling at first and then he just tried kept a straight face throughout but shit was hilarious this whole suzuki incident thing and uh, man they should they should do a um a segment on being the elite where they like do a dark side of the ring style uh, uh bit about this suzuki incident and they have to do it man come on we'll have to wait and see by the way dark side of the ring is finally here another season yes uh, it's not i mean it's the continuation of the current season that was going on so it was in two parts the first part was finished right around july and this is the second this is the second part of it and there are like a lot of lot of good episodes coming out this time around you have like the one they just did a premiere of train plane ride from hell and uh, like i haven't seen the episode yet i will watch it probably today tomorrow and uh, of course there's one about chris canyon that i'm interested to know what like what led to circumstances around him and there's someone this um, and there's one about luna vashon and uh, there is FMW. about this Ro- fmw yes i want there's another there's another some romanian wrestler who was involved in a murder but yeah man that is the entire season of dark side of the ring but speaking about dark side of the ring we had mjf he I was back that. again he was back again and he's really going you know hard shitting on the new jersey uh, faithfuls here and he you know decided to talk about not brian pillman junior but brian pillman senior so what he does he looks at top 
looks at the top then he quickly you know transitions and looks down and he's talking shit to you know uh, pilman senior here and you know kind of you know shits uh, shits on him, shits on him for you know uh, for you know him and metheny for bringing in brian pilman junior this uh, low grade second grade you know whatever you call it wrestler but uh, here comes brian pilman junior again and yeah we basically saw the same segment from last week where you know wardlow gets involved but uh, this time pilman junior didn't come out from the entrance way he came out from the you know from the from mjf's back while you know wardlow was kind of guarding the entrance way so he had a steel chair in hand mjf is begging and pleading and then we saw wardlow get involved as mjf escapes we see a little face to face with pilman junior and wardlow and yeah he was i think there was something going on with wardlow and pilman junior and that's how the segment ends and yeah this is building towards the big match at arthur ash should be good should be great and uh, they've like invested a lot in uh, pilman junior from last week to now and uh, like you know from the crowd from mjf talking him and his family down in in cincinnati no less and then like you know brian pilman junior that really got brian pilman junior over and uh, like the crowd was going bananas over whatever he was saying and then they capitalized on that build on uh, rampage when he defeated max caster and uh, they had another cincinnati hero john moxley makes like save him after a beat down by the acclaimed and uh, over here so they they've really like made a star out of brian pillman junior in such a short time and they are only it'll only like they'll capitalize on that by having this match at arthur ash and like in front of 20 to 25000 people just going crazy over this white meat baby face uh, over this dastardly heel mjf and after this promo and uh, also before before i uh, go to that uh, mjf called him like cryin <laughs> cryin brian which was which i thought was hilarious and uh, there was a sign of mjf like you tapped out and it's a picture of mjf as a 5 year old when he appeared on the rosie o'donnell show oh great man singing the you are my sunshine thing and after that like there's just after this um, segment there was a backstage like not a backstage interview it was a pre-recorded interview of jr and yeah sit down interview thank you it was a sit down interview of jr and pilman junior where jr is like um, he's he's talked to you and your family down and i know you've been disappointed with the way you were beaten up last week but you have to whoop his ass and um, like you need to promise that and then uh pelman junior cuts this very white meat baby face promo is like you had a silver spoon i had to my child, my upbringing wasn't as uh, grand and uh, i'll try i'll show you how was i brought up when i beat your ass down and then like you know a typical working class promo like i had to fight through hardships this is where i got because of my problems and now here i am standing strong so <laughs> is like a clear cut heel versus face thing lower down the card and it's 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 working on all fronts for both pilman junior and like massive credits to mjf for 
he was like leading into the pillman chants and uh, like he's he's really putting brian pillman over uh, pillman junior i should say in over in like these through these promos and this match is going to be good enough another thing i forgot to mention last week is that remember that face off between pillman junior and mjf it felt kind of felt very old school to me yes and uh, like given the dynamics of this of this feud that is going on like a clear cut baby face and a clear cut heel it is very old school and this promo by pillman junior during the sit down with jr that really explains it and uh, by the way brian pillman junior's mullet is op yes it's it's class I, uh, yeah pillman senior didn't have one and like that's as old school as it gets and even the varsity blondes it gimmick itself is quite old school so he's like tickling somewhere jim cornet must be in love he loves them yeah he does he really does and i mean it's obviously why right? good enough yeah, yeah. good on them but uh uh we were i think we were supposed to get this yeah we did have this jade cargill versus leila hirsch match kind of showed what's going on with these two they kind of had a mini feud which started at the casino battle royal they had some interaction in aw dark i guess and there you go that's the story and leila hirsch is technically from new jersey right now yes she was like she was adopted from like she was by originally i was going to say biologically but yeah she was originally russian and uh, she was adopted by an american couple her and i mean she and her sister and they were brought to us at the age of 8 and they've been like brought up in new jersey itself but yeah so jade cargill was accompanied by her manager uh, mean mark callus wait not mean mark callus yes yes oh my smart God. mark sterling Yes, Mean Mark Callis. Somewhere, Mean Mark Callis would be judging on video games and podcasts. But uh, yeah, that was the match. Uh, the match, I think, was fine because Leila Hirsch could, you know, really. I think, I think that <laughs> Mean Mark has really popped. <laughs> Yes, mean Mark oh Callis. I mean, if we are if we are ever selling merch, we should probably do like Smart Mark Sterling's face with the cowboy hat and just write Mean Mark Callis. But about the match, yeah, the match was fine. I guess Leila Harsh was leading everything here. Jade Cargill still is green, but she looks like a star. Mm. So yes. I mean, Leila, shout out to Leila Harsh, and she's a trooper, totally carrying. Jade Cargill through a match and uh, like from the get go, I mean, this is how you would book it pretty effectively, like a you know tall versus little, like David versus Goliath. I don't know how would I describe describe in a female case, but I digress. So like um, Leila Hirsch was on offense for the most part until the ad break where Jade Cargill she was just dominating uh, Leila and uh, <clears throat> like. even outside the ring there was this one cool move where she did like she did a suplex on uh, leila and then just did a kick up that was impressive and uh, then yeah jade cargill she's very green and it's understandable i don't think this match had to go as long as it did because i mean the ad break, the ad break extended it 
to a certain point which i think they should have they should have um, like trimmed it down a little but this it worked in the story of leila hirsch like if you uh, if you had seen the road to for this episode road to dynamite and that uh, leila hirsch like explicitly mentioned in that she needs to just prolong this match to like you know take jade out of the equation because she's she can't wrestle properly and uh, so yeah and after that um, uh, jade gives in a pump kick to uh, leila and then just put her in a jaded for like slammed her with a jaded for the win so there was like another highlight of uh, she was trying to go for a german on jade which looked impressive the way she executed it and i think it was cm punk who called it a russian suplex then all the and, commentators were naming different different names for that suplex yeah and then the tope suicida and there was like another highlight of uh, like she goes for a cross arm breaker on jade and then um, CM Punk is like, oh, come on, Excalibur. I knew, I thought you were going to say Juju Kitami. Like, that's the move. In, that's the name of the move in Japan. So, yeah. Punk should do commentary, I guess. Yeah, he should. He should do commentary more often, which is which is always great to see. I mean, even in like when he was doing commentary for WWE back then, like during his injury period, or oh, there was that one episode where he did NXT, and uh, there was a brief period where. excuse me he was uh, on commentary with um, jerry lawler and um, heel michael cole at that time also like his commentary was pretty solid i think he, he was the one who called uh, the miz the match where miz wins the wwe championship for the first time yeah this is pre nexus i guess new nexus yeah pre sorry yeah pre new nexus punk like after he left the commentary per table like he recovered from his injury and then he led the new nexus that's like <laughs> images that were easily forgotten types like if completely forgot that it had happened at one point but the this is a situation where everyone can join the aw comment aw commentary team because there there are so many great guys you could fill in there yeah. and they have been like jericho has been doing but like if you notice you know when the jericho was doing the guest commentary bits he was like annoying but sometimes it worked like for example let's say when uh, during brody's uh, episode brody's tribute episode that they did jericho was on commentary he was yelling but it was entertaining but like at rampage it just gotten overbearing to for to an extent but yeah man that is regarding the commentary team any final thoughts on jade cargill her presentation so far after that shack match after the what the shack match shack when she match, made the debut okay. until then those yes. time period what do you think about how they have presented jade cargill so far they've done a good job of like you know keeping her uh, strong like even in her name tag it was mentioned like uh, jade cargill like has won eight straight matches in 2 minutes or less and it works for her like she's kind of the female goldberg over here just building up on undefeated streaks not going for a long match and uh, like you know dominating to uh, dominating her opponents so in that case they've done well and she looks like a star look at her she's like if you know if someone had said it like if wrestling was based on looks and if you want to like if you want to make world champion based on looks i think jade cargill 
could be that and uh, like i mean this in a positive way though and uh, like she looks like a star like she looks very marketable as well so if they go if the the more she improves and if they go all in on her part in the pun could do good business for aw as what a, are the chances attraction she gets a title shot by the end of this year she has to get one right yeah she should her uh, like win loss even her win loss record is pretty strong so they would probably like you know build more on that she'd probably start pad it over like these you know with all due respect enhancement talents and the more she picks up victories the more she is in line for a title shot but that also remains to be seen that who will be the champion by if when she eventually receives it because there are some possibilities of the title going here and there there you go but uh, moving on we had dan lambert and i really got a pop from seeing his graphic where he had a sad face which was great so dan lambert is here is with american top team if i'm not wrong yes that's his uh, team gym stable whatever you want to call it and uh, there is a certain person in the american top team this week and she was like all over she was just happy to be there like even when the she they were talking like these guys were talking shit she was just smiling she was just calling come on and then she was, was just waving to the crowd was that page vanzant was that page vanzant yes yes it is page vanzant oh yes like, how did yes i'm not a big mma guy but i was still able to recognize a scene or something yes but uh, she is she is pretty prominent on the internet for a lot of wrong reasons but uh, that's a topic for another time okay brother okay but uh, yeah he is with american top team and men of the year are they also in the american top team yep that's like uh, if you if you watched impact back then like in 2017 there was one person in the like american top team was a thing then like pretty prominent because lastly he was also part of american top team he was a pretty prominent figure and he used to be accompanied by all these mma guys and there was like a very random person who was a part of it too which was if you know this guy uh, km back in impact km that is i heard of he that was guy. like he's a new york guy like you know just a yeah. guy with a mohawk yeah i know i know i know, I know, I know. He, he works the indies right now Yes, uh, he was a partner of the Falaba in Impact at one point. Yeah, I recognize that guy. Now you see, yeah. I recognize. So he, he was also, so he was part of the American Top Team back then when they were a thing in Impact Wrestling, and seeing uh, Page and Scorpio Sky part of uh, American Top Team feels the same way because it's like so random. Like Dan Lambert as a manager alone would work, but again, he has to bring his guys in to plug American Top Team. so it's just a make do of that so is uh doing the same year running down the aw fan base you know is comparing the time that oh, there was a time where people used to go out you know buy wrestlers merch and now it is it says a lot about the guys who are buying the merch and is running down the wrestlers who are 58 etc etc then we 
get to I was part yeah he's like uh, he mentions it uh, there are like wrestlers who are 5 8 who are jumping uh, climbing at the top of the cage doing a double moonsault and falling to their lives i was wondering is he talking about ricochet or someone a lot of guys in aw could be pointing towards to but the double moonsault is like and falling and doing like you know crazy shit just for the sake of it it really reeks of ricochet but yeah is running down everyone here and then we hear chris jericho's music he's back after a week of absence so jericho comes out with hager crowd is singing judas and midway dan lambert interrupts and says cut off the music and yeah cut off the go. shit and there was a lot of shit in this promo yeah dan lambert is in fiery mode this week yeah and uh, like this promo if you want to describe like not if you want to describe it but uh, like throughout this promo everyone was just talking shit and just literally saying shit every single in every single sentence it was just about shit this promo so can you run through what jericho said here regarding dan lambert yes and uh, so basically like jericho and hager come out and uh, like the crowd is singing judas and then uh, dan lambert is like turn the shit down turn the shit down and then uh, the crowd just keeps <laughs> keeps singing judas so infuriating the heel works that way and then jericho sings like he's like i don't know what your song is but uh, it's like it goes like this like fat face dip shit he said it in a pretty different rhythm i don't remember at this point and then dan lambert is, like there is just going bananas over there and then he's again he just chides the crowd like bringing them down saying like uh, you guys are just this a bunch of marks who are like you know buying merch from their allowance that your parents give you and then you just like fat shaming and uh, height shaming people again and uh, then jericho is like uh, there i see a lot of men over there but who's on top so there's probably a homophobic joke in that case and the crowd chants on top who's on top and then these guys are like trading blows and then jericho is like uh, he says something like uh, if it was about like i've been with a lot of mma guys i've been in a fight with them and they haven't done they haven't done anything to me and probably you won't uh, your guys wouldn't do anything to me either and did he mention, was I, he mentioning brock lesnar yeah he did like a and, certain uh, beast fight goldberg but he mentioned someone mma like it didn't really click me that he was talking about bill goldberg but and then he's like the best thing i can do is punch in their faces the same way i'm going to i'm going to punch your chipmunk buck buck teeth out of your mouth and then the crowd uh, the, the camera just zooms into dan lambert's teeth so that was pretty hilarious and then they build they uh, jericho and hager issue a challenge to uh, uh american top team saying like both of us can kick your ass and then he also mentions uh, hager's undefeated streak in mma and uh, they put on a challenge for next week's grand slam edition dynamite and uh, let me get to it so then dan lambert is like if not like none of my mma guys but i know two real men who will fight you and they that's page and scorpio sky so 
that's a match now it's official for next week's rampage rampage oh. grand slam of course yeah that does that does make sense but uh, this whole segment came off and it was just there i guess because you are building towards I mean, a random match yes but dan lambert was amazing in this promo like he often is and uh, jericho i think come, came off a little try hard but it's just jericho he just yells nowadays and uh, i have a bad feeling about this this match yes um, i don't know like i don't know if this is a thing but uh, like given this is like uh, nan lambert's american top team is like about shoot fighters hager himself is an mma guy so i have a bad feeling that hager might turn heel on jericho and join american top team i am not sure if he's training with them already training with the american top team that is but uh, there is a possibility that it could happen that uh, hager might go to another team and do it which i hope i hope doesn't happen but uh, i don't know i have a bad feeling about this uh now that you have said it it's going to definitely happen i mean probably but like there it is possible given like the instances involved and the match itself is quite random so it only makes i'm not sure if it even makes sense that way but probably like you know given like mma shoot fighting hager undefeated mma guy it could happen and this segment with dan lambert his promos are usually great but uh, when it comes to the end, was pretty good yeah when it comes to the end it doesn't really feel that impactful like that's it yeah probably is it because the man of the year and involved i mean it's an odd couple as it is i don't know man we'll have to wait and see so this is for rampage right yes it's for next week's rampage grand slam so you have a trios match but yeah and you also have a tag match but we'll run down the card eventually before the main event so up next we heard from andrade he talks about his big match from pack uh, that would had happened last week on rampage which was great so he talks about that and mentioned a incident with uh, chavo guerrero getting involved and he's uh, just messing around with assistant jose he talks about what happened here he said Chavo Guerrero got involved in why happened what happened over there and Andrade goes on to say that Chavo Guerrero is he's not the boss i am the boss and yeah there you go that's how he ends the promo and really confusing with this Chavo Guerrero being taken out of the equation many people speculate that this is you know setting things for the arrival of the nature boy reclaim So yeah pretty ill time pretty ill time if we speak of it right now because i mean okay so to run down this promo it's just a normal andrade hype vignette where he's um, he's just calling himself like he would have beaten park on his own there was no need of chavo guerrero to get involved and then he beats his assistant like he grabs his assistant jose by the collar who i thought was the booker of triple a Is he? Is he not? Well, was it you But, that said that that he books Triple A? I don't know if I think it was like we had we might have discussed this or it was doing the rounds on the internet. But not sure. 
and then he's like chavo asked me to get involved blah 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 and then he's like chavo is in the boss i am the boss and then he ends his promo he just calls himself the kingpin which is wow it's a, it's a, it's a pretty solid name a solid nickname i, I wonder say. who has a called... kingpin nickname these days these days i remember the, it was uh, moxley's nickname back in 2016 when he was wwe champion and moronalo used to call him the kingpin or maybe a certain iwgp world champion i guess okada are okada is iwgp champion come on man shingo or osprey yep he is the commonwealth kingpin okay i i didn't know i didn't know he was called that i don't yeah. know <laughs> that is his current gimmick now he shits on people but yeah with this andrade situation and, i think the rick flair option could be a thing or let you give me reminder when dragon lee and rush's roh contracts come up okay yeah but uh, this rick flair thing is pretty ill timed if you ask me because this was like having chavo exited which i feel which i felt bad like i didn't want i thought i hoped this pairing would go in the long run because i i really like chavo guerrero and i was like intrigued to see him in a managerial role how well he would have done but uh, like this was clearly a sign you know him dumping chavo to get rick flair into the equation but now after the latest dark side of the ring episode for the plane ride from hell like if you check your twitter feed right now everyone's been like you know rick flair's uh, sexual assault ki, uh, charges during the plane ride from hell so there is probably like it's it's pretty ill timed and it would be very tone deaf of aw to involve rick flair if after this episode is aired oh i didn't know about that maybe i'll have to check that episode but uh, let's wait and see where this goes with andrade and who's coming in or not but i yeah chavo it's pretty ill time and i hope like they retcon the whole thing and have chavo return but uh, cm punk on commentary was you know getting his thoughts on both andrade and pack how great they are etc etc and out of nowhere that was great to see it was great yeah. to see that like both are Uh, sorry before i enter like is like uh, both are uh, pretty bulky guys but they can fly around and that's the power of aw and he was like really putting these guys over which was lovely and uh, while he was saying these things about back uh, and andrade tash shows up goes face to face with uh, punk saying now you want to take my job tash said <laughs> then punk had heard enough go and he goes face to face with uh, taz and this was kind of a trap for punk and then we see hook you know uh, come face to face with punk the greatest you know face to face since rock and austin lovely to see then uh, i talk yep. about this trap powerhouse hops you know blinds and attacks punk so punk tried to fight back but then he gets trapped in the most devastating dragon sleeper in the business right now courtesy of hook so yeah. punk is laid out and then yeah, hook decides to you know threaten grown ass men on commentary team that is excalibur shivani and jr they all escape they don't want to mess with hook 
so he clears the announce table powerhouse hobbs he slams punk on this announcer's table but the table uh, but the table did break because i am the table that's how this dun, 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 dun. yes so we are getting a match for it's official now we are getting a match on next week's rampage again at cm punk versus powerhouse hobbs i like the fact that they put this on rampage instead of dynamite because i mean the dynamite card is stacked enough already and um, they are like it puts hobbs over in a huge way because like you know he's going he's going against cm punk and punk is going to make like hobbs is going to look like a star regardless if he wins or loses and punk is like the exact person to lead him to that path and uh, i mean yeah i mean sign me up <laughs> this like i love team taz and uh, i love cm punk so it's like it takes on all boxes for me and hook is also like coming out of his own and if you if you notice if you saw the match if you if you saw the graphics for cm punk versus hobbs there was hook also in his ring gear like trying to fight cm punk so that is a future match future match that could happen cm punk versus hook but i was i'm more interested in cm punk versus ricky starks largely because of the promos but and again like we didn't we didn't really see anything for uh, uh, starks and uh, brian cage on i was about to ask you, what is going on with ricky starks and brian cage they were i think the last i checked they were still building towards this final match supposed uh, this quote unquote final match and uh, i've been waiting for two weeks and it's not happening what's happening no, they only ran the promo last week if i remember correctly but again like just end this over with because there is a bigger fish to fry for ek starts with uh, cm punk and did you hear this yeah. statement from uh, before i say this uh, we wanted to add something no i don't so uh, what was i saying was uh, did you hear this statement from ricky starks was talking about cm punk and said that cm punk is very approachable backstage etc etc really putting punk over so there you go i want to get that out of the way like did he say it on an interview or something yeah it was a random interview he did a couple of weeks ago yeah i mean that's that's cool and i really want to see a promo off between cm punk and ricky starks so i hope i hope i get that soon enough like just keep cage at the back burner for now because cm punk is like a bigger deal and i want to see ricky starks become a star so it works for me in that case let's see how this hops and punk match turns out yes i have my concerns on that too a little bit because was... hobbs is i mean hobbs is good he's he's come a long way you should say you could say and uh, like he's improving every single time and cm punk is like someone like his match with w was great but i mean part of it was like you know him getting his ring rust out and w was kind of guiding him through because like initially punk was just gassed in the early goings but i mean it worked in the story of punk at the same time like it's punk's like you know shoot that's shoot first match in like 7 years so he's also like getting adjusted to that so i'm a little concerned in that aspect but uh, i'm looking forward to this match largely because of my love for both of these parties 
team taz and cm punk should be good man should be good but uh, moving on we had a sean spears versus darby allen match before this a uh, really good promo package from sean spears talking about you know allen and also mentioned the history of when the last time they met one on one spears actually beat darby allen and this is this happened in 2019 the early days of aw so this match was really good what you think about it it was yeah this match was this match was really really good and uh, i <laughs> unapologetic i am an unapologetic fan of sean spears i think he's he's really good he's someone who deserves a bit more love from the wrestling community and uh, this match like it worked for both of these parties as like sean's he's been like upping his game since his uh, match with sami like he was booked like super strong just for sami to beat the odds and then since then like that trios match last week and even like this match with darby allen like he was firing on all shots and he was like dominating most of the match and so the leaves the window open for darby allen to do his big baby face comeback and then he was just like you know he was just flipping the bird on sting and then he was trying to uh, run his knee into darby's face on the steel steps so that <clears throat> that unfortunately didn't happen and uh, there was one backflip bump that darby allen took on the apron which looked gnarly i hope he's okay but it's darby allen and uh, the main highlight of this was also like you know spears wiping off darby's face paint because that face paint gives darby allen an identity as he's like half dead and uh, there I was one thought, chant of i first thought it was chloroform for some reason <laughs> yeah me too uh, like i read this i read the tweets about this match uh, in the morning before i went for work and then he's like oh my god sean spears with the chloroform he's like the most based wrestler alive and then uh, he's just wiping off darby's face paint and it's it was weird to see darby wrestling with a normal face like without his face paint a little like he only had it around his eyes and then there was a chant of fuck him up darby fuck him up when he was on offense and uh, the suicide dive that uh, darby allen did on sean spears and like okay so sorry i might have jumped the gun a little bit so sean spears was going for a c4 on the steps but then darby uh like on the apron he just hits him with the stun dog millionaire so that puts uh spears on the steps and then darby goes for that uh, suicide dive which is like, he has the best suicide dive in the business hands down i can't like, think he of really went for it yeah he just like straight up shoots <laughs> shoots on them like a cannon and then he just uh, yeah and then he gets goes for the coffin drop and that was the finish Yes. So Sean, put... you you said it. You were on point when you said, you know, Sean Spears deserves a lot more love from the IWC. Yes, like people mainly remember him. Like even when he was tied tied Ellinger in NXT, he was still like shown a lot of love. But that was like just the NXT crowd. They just love anything that they put out. Like any even someone like Rick Boogs, he was wrestling his first match. He was over, like over. but this one sean spears as tight dillinger he got he was like super popular back then and then he got his huge entrance on as number 10 in the royal rumble like the 10 gimmick so it worked in that sense after that like it was a slippery slope 
and then he was on the main roster and then they tried something with r truth they were doing and then that also went nowhere and then he was he got injured and they released him after which i thought that he deserved he deserved a lot better in wwe but i'm glad to see him getting a good good run in aw like even if he's not he's not meant to be a champion and it sounds harsh but again like it's it's okay with whatever he's doing he'll eventually get a tag title run with wardlow or a tnt title run by himself as like a good uh, thank you note from any wrestling but i think i think he's good the way the good wherever he is at this current point and uh, he's never looked better in the current in the current spot that he's in with the pinnacle and um, he does deserve he does deserve a lot of love from the wrestling community i hope like this is a start of a renewed interest in him and like you know there should be a lot he should be he should like He's he's doing well for himself, and I think it's a, he's a, he'll only go up from here. And I really love that they are really trying to build build back these pin, pin, uh, pinnacle members, all of them. Yes, yeah, all of them. Yeah, lost the lost their respective matches to uh, you know their inner circle counterparts, and from there now the the current state the current spot that they're in, everyone's getting built built up to you know look great. and i have a feeling that this feud that is happening currently between darby sting and the pinnacle members it's it's going to eventually lead to mjf versus darby which is going to be great um, we'll get to that but uh, we are uh, as after darby you no know, finally beats spears so we see ftr they out of nowhere show up in the ring go face to face with Allen and Sting. By the way, before I talk about the segment, did you notice the part where JR was talking about the chain that Darby Allen wears? Yes, he said like that it's, it's, it's not. It's a fixed deal, not a, a removable uh, thing. I don't think that's true. Though. <laughs> like there is something that he might like. What if he does like a basic things like sleeping, showering? He has to take that chain off. um i really bought into that deal jr really sold me on that one yes it could just be kfape and if it's if it's kfape then fair enough but uh, we're talking about ftr so we see a uh, big brawl uh, sting is really hammering into one of the ftr members and then we see tully blanchard he causes some distraction and ftr really going hard they are really beating the shit out of sting all day all night all my proud southern people will be ready to fight say oh, yeah man. oh man so this was a three on two situation they are they have gotten rid of uh, darby allen so we see a spike pile driver on sting which came out really big because of the neck issue and all then terry blanchard yeah you saying yeah like sting has had a history of spinal stenosis thanks to his bump i mean thanks to his injury by seth rollins so it was a big deal they really sold it off well and jr really put it over like you know that it looked it came off pretty clean the way they executed it so shout out to that and tele blanchard proceeds to do the same thing what sean spears did with uh, darby allen 
So it takes this wet cloth and wipes the paint uh, paint of uh, Sting, and the crowd is uh, really hating this one. And I know this was a kind of a rushed segment, but boy, these guys were getting great heat from the crowd. Yes. And it works because I mean, face paint is the identity of first thing. Like even when he was wrestling as surfer thing in the early nineties, he had that face paint, and you know, with the blonde hair, and uh, <clears throat> the face paint has represented thing throughout his career. Even when he was surfer thing, and then crow thing, and wolfpack thing, even Joker thing, if you will, and uh, yeah, the crowd really ate that up, and it was good to see because, like you know, these guys are doing their job as effective heels, the pinnacle members, uh, and. Um, yeah, I mean, it worked on all corners. Like, Darby and Sting are, like, great baby faces. Pinnacle members are, like, built up to be these dastardly great heels, too. So, <laughs> it worked. It worked in all... It worked for everyone in this case. Everyone's over. Even Sean Spears, which is also great to see. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, they're building towards... So, next week, I think... I'm not sure if it's on Dynamite or Rampage. That's, it's on uh, Dynamite, I guess. Yeah, it's it's on uh, Dynamite. Yes, FTR versus Sting and Darby Allen. So it's this should be a great match, and uh, I really want to see Darby if FTR are winning. I really want to see Darby selling the big rig like, like they like the Dash give sorry, Cash gives him a code breaker and then Darby just jumps outside the ring. I really want to see like crazy bump from Darby Allen, and I really hope FTR wins too. So yeah, it should be a great match altogether. You said you wanted to see MJ versus Darby Allen. Yes. That you could easily build that stuff if you are already having Darby Allen, you know, mingle with the pinnacle members. Yes, that's certainly that they'll build to it probably. Full gear is too soon, so I believe they'll put a revolution in March, Feb, March. But uh, I just want to point out, like, if you have heard of this, um, like, it's a very off-topic, though. Uh, if you've heard of this, that Sting's, uh, Sting does Cameo now. Like, uh, you, you've, you've heard of it, right? Cameo. The yes. video messages. And uh, apparently, there's a deal with Sting in that. <clears throat> so, there's, there's, like, you get a normal Sting, and you also get, like, Proper sting, like sting without face paint and sting, you get uh, sting with face paint. Yeah, you get Steve and you get sting. So for Steve, you get like for $200 and sting, you get for $400. Okay. So with, you know, Wait, the, the, sting uh, is Kali charging Blanchard. $400. Yes, and Steve is charging $200. <laughs> this is Alexa Bliss level of rate, I guess. Yes, and like with Tully wiping off uh, Sting's face paint, so that's another that's two hundred dollars cut from his uh, payday. Okay, that's great. That's great. But it's not. Uh, it's a pay cut. It's bad. <laughs> but uh, moving on, yeah. I think you should uh, get a cameo from Steve, not Sting. Yeah, probably we could chip in altogether. <laughs> We'll have to wait and see, see, man. That's we'll a topic to for another time. See, but uh, let's see. This MJF Darby Allen match, if they go for it, it would be great. Imagine the promos <laughs> between him and Sting. It would destroy a, the, the feud. Right, it writes itself. The feud writes itself, doesn't it? 
should be good man should be good but uh, speaking about good uh, but before that big reveal let's talk about miro and this situation yes. going on with fuego del sol so earlier in the night we saw a promo from both sammy guara and fuego del sol so fuego was saying you know after he got the big contract from aw he's gone out of the way and bought a new car i believe or was it the old one mm. i don't know he's all dressed up car. and he has a good uh, nice looking car so he really wants to you know uh, issue another challenge for miro because the first time around he could get the job done he issues another challenge but this time he wants to put his new car on the line so i think we are getting this on a rampage this week right for the tnt yes. championship and the car is also on the line we also hear from yes, miro yes. uh later on talks about you know uh as of now who uh, everyone he has faced or redeemed have moved on to better things but mm, fuego still you know wants to be a little petty etc etc so he says that he's going to you know destroy fuego once again and it's going to destroy his car later on so there you go man and his brain and his brain he's like i'm going to bash your brain and i'm going to bash your car that's the word of the redeemer superb stuff i don't know man this is bad decision from fuego del's all's part i love that guy but yes uh, bad decision Hold yes uh, yeah i mean it's it's dumb <laughs> of course he's like uh, i got this beautiful car after my aw contract and i trade all in for a title match and then sami is like you trade all in fuego he's like yes but okay let's do this he's like miro i'm challenging you for the title and i'll put my car on the line so we're getting a lucha de apuestas match where like you know everyone puts something on the line to like to wager that is a thing it's usually yes it is a thing it's called lucha de apuestas in mexico and it's like you know the wagers match hair versus mask you could have put his mask on the line if he was that concerned for the title but then he'll look like a goof he is already a goof but uh, the main idea for this match as per dave melzer is uh, they are building towards miro versus sanguvara i mean if you look at this match it's easy picking that miro is going to win but the main meet is towards miro and guvara which i think we have, we did discuss this in the past where uh, i think after his match with sean spears and we saw we thought like you know he's due for a title run and then last week when he did the sign guy sami promo he was just like using placards to communicate with the fans and then we were like either he's getting a tnt title shot or he's getting a world title shot depends on how many wins he you know how many wins he gets and i think this is a good start for that him getting an eventual title opportunity versus miro no less and it involves someone who is very close to him that's to fuego del sol So yeah I mean I'm interested to see this match it's going to be like a huge it's it's going to be clash of styles but Miro for even for his like you know big physique has an imposing monster he is pretty very athletic and very acrobatic and agile as well so it's going to be it's going to be a fun match regardless when and how they do it but he's not uh, flexible i guess that's a topic for the time i guess but uh, like it has to, but sooner rather than later they have to involve cj for like in miro's corner 
as long as he's TNT champion. But uh, as of now, still enjoying this great run of Miro. Yes, he's been brilliant ever since he's won the TNT championship, like coming into his own as a star. But uh, speaking about stars, we hear from Brian Danielson. So Shivani, you know, kind of did an interview with uh, Mr. Danielson here. So Danielson, of course, is talking about Kenny Omega, the elite, etc., etc. And uh, yeah, from the get-go, he was interrupted by Don Callis and crowd boost. I love it. Uh, Kenny is acting all weird, really doing the old school, you could say, a typical Kenny Omega thing when he, whenever he has a belt on his waist. So Don Callis at one point called uh, Brian Danielson a hippie millionaire. Yes. So, like if you notice, hmm. uh, sorry, before yeah, go before on. you go go any further, like Kenny Omega is like matching Daniel Bryan fashion for fashion with the white T-shirt. Yeah, that is like even last week they were wearing the same deal. Like like yep. if it's a uniform or something. Yeah, but uh, AW was selling this uh, like a white T-shirt for that Bryan Danielson. It was a thing apparently. It was like very carny of them to do. Was that a real thing or was it a apparently? I'm thing? not sure. I hope it was fan made. Like I'll just send it over to you. But it was it was weird to see that. Anyways, man. But uh, yeah. So basically, Callis is running down Brian Danielson. You know why he decided to come to AEW and his big decision, which was to you know, which will be you know better for the wrestling business. Then he start uh, praising Kenny Omega, and Brian had basically had heard enough, and he said, "Shut up, Callis." Called him a piece of shit, and the crowd, you know, goes wild. We hear piece of shit uh, chants, and then he, he said he wants to, you know, speak with Kenny Omega himself. You no, know, Brian said, and talks about in this um, challenge that he kind of, you know, mentioned last week. He said that he doesn't want the championship. For now, he just want to know who's the better uh, wrestler or whatever you want to call it. So he issues this challenge once again, and he just wants a yes or no. So at one point, even Brian Brian Danielson, you know, called Kenny Omega. If you know he's kind of been weak, quote unquote weak, ever since he's hanging around with the elite. He's not the same guy like uh, he was years ago. And maybe it could be that he doesn't have the balls to, you know, accept Brian Danielson's challenge. So this prompted, you know, Omega to say yes. So we are getting this match. Crowd went really insane for this one because they are, they really want to see this match, bro. They really want to see this match. And the face-off came out really great. I thought this segment was way better than whatever they did last week. Oh, hands down. This segment, this segment was great. I mean, you know, there's no denying that whatever Brian and uh, Kenny are able to do. I think with Kenny's promos, like it's always, you know, it's often criticized because that's how that's why you have Don Callis speaking for him. But I think he's pretty fine in that. His his, his situation but, is uh, Kenny Omega promos are hit and miss. Sometimes it could yeah, be it is come out really goofy. Great. Sometimes uh, his delivery would, you know really pops up 
Yes, I think like his uh, promos really worked for the Japanese crowd because he's like a gaijin. He was like talking shit to them, and it worked that way. But over here, I still feel he's he's pretty good on the mic. I don't often get the criticism. Sometimes I do, but <clears throat> regardless, like this match. I'm oh, sorry, this uh, promo. It was like great for great from the get go. Before Daniel, um, fuck. Brian Daniels. You need to get used to that, sir. Brian Daniels and the American Dragon. I'm still used, yeah, the American Dragon. So maybe I'm drag. I should call him. I think. But uh, whenever Brian Danielson, like before he could get a word out, I just keep it to Brian. Whenever he before he said something and he's like Don Callis, just like you know berates him from the get go. He's like, "You sanctimonious son of a bitch!" And then he's like, "You have signed for AW." And like, who's the carny piece of shit here? You. Because like you're a hippie millionaire, you signed for AW because like yada yada. You want to give fans what they want. We don't believe in that. And then uh, Brian is like, I don't want to talk to you. You're a carny piece of shit. And then uh, he's like, I'm here to talk to Kenny Omega. And then he's like, he instigates Kenny into accepting this match. He's like, I don't care about like for now, the title. Wouldn't really like it's not about the title for now. I just want to know who the better wrestler is, and he's like, I want to see the best bout machine. I want to see the uh, the god of pro pro wrestling, and then he just coaxes uh, Omega into accepting this match, and there, there we are. So this has to main event next week. This is main eventing Grand Slam next week. Hands now. It has to, but. Uh, I have a bit of dilemma about this match. Like this match is going to be amazing. Like it's like years in the making because the last time these guys faced Brian, this was before Brian went to WWE. This was before Omega went to Japan, and uh, like this match is kind of uh, notable on the internet for for this uh, inside joke that they ran. Like I'm not exactly accurate on this, but. Uh, they were just like exchanging names and they were like naming themselves um uh like brian is like hey what's your name and then omega is like i'm kenny omega then brian is like no i am john jacob jingleheimer schmidt it is in reference to a nursery rhyme and then omega is like oh no i am john jacob jingleheimer schmidt so there's that history and there was another instance where it was a reference to the simpsons where he called himself like joey jojo junior shabadu so that's another name that you know these guys were trading so it's a joke that that they ha- they've had in their matches which is notable but from then to like the things that they've accomplished in wrestling you know brian being the legend that he is on a more mainstream more mainstream stage omega building his career as a you know legend of in his own right like from his Jap- japan run to now in aw so they've come a long way and this that henceforth like even after years of happening this match is like a dream match after what they've achieved in their careers and uh, it's going to be amazing hands down has to mean event the biggest show that they're doing currently but a bit of dilemma is like you can't really see any of these guys losing can you um basically you are saying it they kind of hot shot at this they have but if it's not if it's not for the title then it's okay like you know you could let it go and uh, it's at like a, your biggest show you need a grand match like this fine in that case but 
you you can't really let any of these guys lose the best thing you could probably do is either a dq finish and like aw does dq finishes like very rarely so in this case you could probably see that happen or probably a time limit draw time limit draw just to see like you know these guys are equally great or equally legendary you could say yeah yeah but uh, i could have easily taken this on the upcoming paper but again like that also kind of interferes with uh, hangman story arc so if does that mean hangman will be showing up in the coming weeks and we get this hangman versus omega at full gear they have to <laughs> i have a feeling like hangman like you know if uh, the elite are beating him down and you get this grand return of hangman page to close out this arthur ash show that they're doing in front of a huge crowd so i hope i hope it happens but again like i'm a bit miffed about what the result is going to be like between omega and brian but again like i'm excited for this match yeah but uh, i hope they don't go the christian cage route you remember how they built up that uh, whole feud and match yes and omega had to take a loss like it kind of made sense because even christian was undefeated but it feels like omega's a bit of luster from omega was taken away and like you know the prestige of him being the belt collector undefeated god of pro wrestling yada yada and even christian was undefeated so it worked in that sense but over here i'm a little confused but again you know i'll just wait and it's like a wait and watch approach to see what they'll do for this I'm mostly excited. omega mostly omega takes the l it shouldn't happen like in that case like in christian's case he was the impact world champion he was defending that belt but yeah let's see what happens you omega can easily take l you know how have brand uh, sorry brand cage have brand danielson ha <laughs> <laughs> uh, have danielson lock omega in a submission omega is desperate he doesn't want to tap have long callus throw it um, towel and towel call it uh, the finish you could probably do that because uh, if you see like you know even during this promo when omega says yes callus was like beside himself he was just like why the fuck <laughs> why the fuck did he say yes okay so you can do could, something like that, that. but that will also create tension between omega and callus um you could you could you know uh, do something like what mjf and wardlaw doing just sprinkle the seeds for you know whenever that happens down the line but uh, they are not breaking up the pairing this when omega is in this order nah i hope not probably but, like you know if you're seeing the hangman and uh, omega facing and if you're expecting the result that everyone is then you could probably start sowing the seeds from now on but this is a pretty big match this is not a joke this is going to be a big big no it's match. not it's going to it's going to sell out like a lot like it's going to draw a lot of viewers in for sure but yeah we could be expecting a classic ne- uh, next week yeah and it's a 20 the time limit is for 20 minutes so you could see some big things happening but uh, before we head to the main event one hour run down the card for all the shows 
Yes. So this week on Rampage tonight that we have uh, Lucha Bros versus Butcher and Blade for the tag titles. You have Anna J versus the Bunny, and you have Miro and Fuego del Sol for the TNT Championship. That's basically like a go home for the Grand Slam shows. So next week for Grand Slam Dynamite, we have uh, Kenny Omega versus Daniel um, Brian Danielson. Fuck, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. So it's a non-title match. Let me put that clear. There's a live interview of CM Punk with 48 hours before his match with uh, Hobbs. We have Cody Rhodes versus Malakai Black. We have uh, MJF versus uh, Brian Pillman Jr. We have Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Ruby Soho for the uh, Women's Championship. And we have FTR versus Sting and Darby Allen in a tag match. And for the Rampage show, we have Super Click. That's Adam Cole and the Young Bucks versus Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. We have Will Hobbs, Powerhouse Hobbs versus CM Punk. And we have uh, Man of the Year versus Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. So we have to wait and see how that uh, two hours of rampage will look like. They surely have to add more matches to sell it. Maybe. Let's wait and see. But uh, let's quickly get through the main event. Yes, we shall. So this was John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus 2.0. And I'm not talking about the NXT one. So, yeah, this was a short match, little bit story with 2.0, that time where 2.0 and Daniel Garcia, you know, attacked uh, both Moxley and Kingston during uh, when they were doing their random entrance on a random dynamite. But, uh, yeah, man, they also kind of, you know, wanted to do the same thing here where Kingston and Moxley were doing the entrance and all three guys, you know, decided to attack uh, the B faces, but uh, they saw this coming and the huge brawl near ringside during before the match even began. And it was mostly Kingston and Moxley. Uh, 2.0 was on the offense uh, during the commercial breaks. And there was this funny thing that happened when they came back from commercial. So I think they were working on Moxley. So 2.0 was doing this double team. And they midway, they forgot what to do. Did you notice that spot? Yeah, I did. I did. So there you so go. Bad. That is some content for AW watches. But yeah, uh, Kingston would, you know, finally get a hot tag. He ran wild on both uh, 2.0 members. So um, even we also saw Daniel Garcia, I think, trying to get involved. He gets taken out. So Kingston and Moxley would eventually get the win uh, via a double team move. That's a, what do you call Close that? line, a lariat and a dragon suplex combo. Half, half he, and half. Sorry. And he really dropped that boy on his head. Yeah, I think it was uh, Jeff, Jeff Parker who took the pinfall, the guy with the short hair. So, yeah, that was the entire match. Nothing much. Moxley and Kingston get the win. And uh, before we talk about the post match, anything you want to add on this one? I mean, this match served its purpose and uh, it was just to build Mox and uh, Eddie for their match next week for, okay, I'm, I'm jumping the gun. So, it was just to make them look strong and, uh, you know, 2.0 can take a loss. They're pretty much a comedy tag team and 
you know they are just like these affable jobbers and uh, daniel garcia is like the main star of the act that they do and uh, like there were few instances where mox was biting uh, both of these 2.0 members and then rene young put a tweet out well my husband stop uh, other biting other people in their matches so they had like you know there were moments like mox was selling most of this match and then builds up to the hot tag for eddie and like the crowd is eating up whatever eddie is doing you know those bullet chops that he was doing and then they like they take both of these guys out and they hit their tag team finisher to pick up the win so it puts them strong it was a short match served its purpose for making uh, mox and kingston look strong and uh, <clears throat> before we get into the post match thing so before when this match was announced uh, daniel garcia put out a tweet saying like we will avenge the suzuki incident and uh, like after this match got over he's like my bad y'all sorry and he also he also joined in on the fun uh, the dark side themed tweets he's like he did he put a long monologue and then he's like daniel garcia on the suzuki incident so they are really <laughs> getting the suzuki incident over with the with the fans so when yeah. suzuki returns to japan quickly put the belt on him has to happen yeah because he's now the most over guy on in the company right now in that company mm, yep totally but uh, so, uh, i was checking the clock here and how how much time we have left for the show we got 4 minutes then we hit uh, here you know suzuki's music play out and then i was happy because yes this week we have time okay let's play see what happens so he we finally hear kazen inare but uh, the new jersey crowd were not uh, great compared to what chicago did chicago was 8 out of 10 i would yes. give new jersey a solid 6 yes i mean Come on, like Chicago is like smart, smart heaven. At New Jersey was like a pretty wild crowd. I think they were tired by the end of the show. But again, like at least we got Kazanin Arey, which is great. Um, the Suzuki incident, the Suzuki incident has been uh, solved. Let's see how that sounds at Arthur Ashe. Oh man, it's, it's going to be amazing with like twenty five. Twenty to twenty-five people, twenty-five thousand people chanting "Kazenina" is going to be amazing. And it's so great for this new Japan guys who were wrestling in a, you could say, not an empty arena, but where you don't hear cheers, only claps. Now they come here yes. in the states, get more work, working indies, Impact, NAEW, most of them, and you make more money. and you get to hear you know this great response from the crowd which is great to see and it's also like the style of the crowd too because the japanese crowd is like more appreciative of the art of pro wrestling than getting themselves involved and uh, american crowd they love getting involved that's like the american style of wrestling is also based on like fan reactions and interactions with them so it it works in that case and it's like dipping yourself in a different uh, pond or a different lake and swimming properly that's all moral of the story new japan is better in america compared to new japan in japan. us uh, japan <laughs> shit you're missing all like what's happening this week with you 
I don't know. Probably it's just it's just Friday blues for me. Yeah, you need more caffeine. I think I do. Yeah. But uh, let's quickly finish this segment of we finally hear cousin Inare Archer. You know, he kind of you know drags uh, Kingston and they was, they have a separate brawl. Uh, you were saying something. He, yeah, he he was waiting for the Kazini Nare to jump on uh, Eddie Kingston. So fair play on that. So Kingston and Archer brawl, and on the other side, uh, Moxley and uh, Suzuki brawl. They were fighting over the table. Uh, Suzuki kind of teased, hitting a pile driver on that. Could have could have looked great, but they uh, decided to move on and brawl through the crowd. Kind of felt little. Forced, I guess, but that's mm-hmm. how the show went of the year. Yep, that's probably the way you could have ended. But again, like, I did feel forced, like he was just going through the uh, table, and then it doesn't happen. So I mean, it's okay. They're just building it to the match, and they were closing out the show. And I have to they say, with to, the, uh, go on. They just want, yeah, they just wanted to get their shit in. At least uh, we finally found the cure for the Suzuki incident. Give us time. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I want to say that uh, this forbidden door thing, it's not AEW, you know, this whole partnership thing. You could really see it in a storyline because I think John Moxley is the forbidden door, I guess. Yeah, people from like across companies are trying to fight fight him, and it's for Moxley. It's just New Japan that is uh, the forbidden door. He's like he's not interacted with anyone from Impact, if you want to count uh, Gallows and Anderson. But yeah, John Moxley is the forbidden door in a way, and he's getting in all these New Japan guys. He's fighting them, and then he's also going to going to New Japan to fight. And when one of the top guys shows up and he takes a L on Dynamite or any other AEW show, then you could see something else storyline-wise with Moxley happening. Yes, but the current plan is for Mox versus Tanahashi at uh, any of the New Japan shows. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, yeah, that was Dynamite and we are really excited for the Arthur Ashe Grand Slam next week. Yes, four hours of AEW TV. Should be good, TV. man. Should, should be good. But uh, before we leave, where can these guys find you? So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at rid underscore aman. And if you're watching this in video form, you can see it somewhere in the left or right corner. And you can find Slam Up Wrestling on Twitter at Slam Up Review. Instagram at Slam Up Wrestling. And you can catch this review on the audio platforms, Anchor, Spotify. So this was the Dynamite Review and see you guys next time. Adios.